You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host, Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. Hey, guys, and welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. A little bit of a complicated one this week, as I am in England and Todd is in Bozeman. So there are many factors that play into how difficult this is. How are you doing, Todd? I'm doing great, buddy. It's snowing. It's 16 degrees Fahrenheit out there in the wild world of Los Angeles. But uh, yeah, good week, man. It's been a great week. Nice. Magazine's done. Been listening to a lot of pods. Been reading again. All been right. Going to the gym. Been going to the gym a bit. Feeling good, man. It's Damn. Good week. You're you're kind of getting it in before the New Year's resolution. I haven't made a resolution yet, but I think it's going to have something to do with working out like it always does and I'm not going to fuck it up this time. Not fucking it up this year, buddy. Solid. Solid. Well, it's been... I'm going to be a Goggins. I'm going to be a Goggins. going to be a Goggins. Fight those, fight those demons, baby. Dude, he, you know, he inspires people. That is for Why sure. Don't we start, why don't we start with Mr. David Goggins? What a legend of... I mean, just coming through so much adversity, you know, his dad beat him up, his dad beat his mom. I mean, I, I, I have read his book. I read his first book. Did you read that one? Oh, yeah. So good. I forget what forget what it's called. It was his first one, I think. It came out like four or five years ago, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I think it's um, called like You Can't Hurt Me or something. Yeah, You Can't Hurt Me. That was it. Yep. Unbelievable. I mean, the the shit that he went through, the the stuff that he went through in Navy SEALs when his knee was all messed up, remember? And he had to go through the same program like three times, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Savage. Unbelievable. And And you know what's interesting about like some of the most difficult moments for him recently? And he talked about it with Rogan, how other SEALs you know, and special forces guys are saying he didn't deploy and X, Y, and Z. I mean, I know a few and they've said that to me and I never really said anything in response. Like I, I didn't know either way, but I kind of wondered like, where is the motivation for this coming from? Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I didn't understand that. No, I get it. I, how did you know these guys just from being down in near San Diego or what? No, no, they're guys in Bozeman. Oh, like you know one oh, of them. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know. Who you're talking about um, crazy. And, and he, that's he was that's also the rhetoric that you know they like to say. Oh no, he didn't even deploy, and he didn't do. And I'm like, huh? I wonder because here's the thing, right? You've got to assume that these same people, and it's nothing against them, but these same people are hearing one side of a story and another side, and they're quick to jump on decide that shits on another person instead of assuming the best and maybe that just comes from being high level competitors you know they're in ultra competition all the time but 
I don't know. It seems, it seems like a shame, and especially if it's not true, it doesn't seem very practical. Yeah, but well, wasn't he saying it has a lot to do with people who still haven't sifted through their own clutter? Right, they're still dealing with their own demons, and that's why it's easier for them to go with the narrative that makes that shits on David Goggins, which which really is an ego thing in my mind. For sure, it feels like an. E- an ego problem or too much ego. I guess and there's not being grateful. I guess there's a part of all of us that, in some way, like, it, you know, when you talk of like knee jerk reaction, right? Your very first response before you have a chance to kind of sit there, think it through, and really decide how you want to proceed with a, with a situation. Maybe, maybe all of us have this like built-in jealousy immediately, right? It's it's not to say that you that. don't want your friends and people you care about to do well, but I mean, it's not uncommon to not really want people that you can't stand to do well. So maybe it's just this inbuilt like competition in us. I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot of that. I will say that it's worse i and we you and i have actually talked about this quite a bit with some of the people we know and we've seen it in friends of ours unfortunately it's just the way some people react to other people's successes and i think you and i are really good about cheering people on and being the cheerleader for people and wanting to do have ever you know all of the people we surround ourselves with to do good i think rogan is that way as well but i i would say that most people don't like to see others do well and i don't know where that comes from but i would say most people are not among the people who want to see everyone succeed but but maybe it all starts in the same place right maybe the only reason we do it is cuz we think about it talk about it and practice it Maybe it just takes practice. It's like anything. You know, think of everything that Goggins is. He's like disciplined, right? He focuses on things that make him capable of running 240 miles and guaranteed the the things that he chooses to believe in, it's not going to be hatred towards others when it comes to like those difficult pursuits. So it's the same kind of thing. It takes practice. You know, I haven't always been that way. I'm sure I've been bitter and frustrated plenty of times, like no doubt. Well, I I think about it this way. When I get pissed off at my son, who's only two years old, right, I get frustrated. And maybe I lash out in a way I shouldn't, like I'll raise my voice when I shouldn't. And then I have to go into the other room and start punching pillows or just <laughs> walk away, whatever, that sort of thing only happens when I'm having a shitty day or if I'm not doing the things that I know I need to be doing. Like if I'm procrastinating at work or I'm not answering my phone for whatever ever reason or I'm like a little bit depressed or behind on shit, then yeah. I tend to then I tend to have it, it, in my mind it's really just that negative kind of jealous it's almost like negativity feeds off of jealousy and vice versa. It's like if you're in a shit place and Goggins talked about that. He's like, when you're in a shit place, you're gonna you're gonna act that way. You're gonna react differently to other successes because it's almost like you're pissed off at yourself, but you're lashing out at others to almost make yourself feel better. It's kind of like all those people who are bullies who 
make fun of people to make themselves feel good really in when in reality that their lives kind of suck and they know it and they don't want people to know that their lives suck right yeah so i see what you're saying like it's an accumulation of kind of mess in your own behavior that inevitably will lead you there which which is interesting it feels that way no, I think I think you might be right. I mean, that's interesting to think of, right? So, in a sense, like no one's immune to that behavior, and we should, in some ways, have more sympathy for it. But it doesn't make it okay. It just means that they have a lot of clutter, kind of in their life, right? Exactly. Because that's they're they're dealing with shit that they are have not passed through yet or have gotten through yet. So they're 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 taking out those emotions that maybe they don't even realize they have onto others. And it's making them in turn feel better by pretending that these other people are not that good, or these other people didn't do this thing, or these other people, you know, they might be successful, but they question it because really in reality, they want success in themselves and they're not getting it. Right. Right. Yeah, that's the way I've always seen it, and I, I feel like anytime I'm doing really well and I'm and I'm on top of my shit and I'm being a good boss and I'm being a good dad, then all this like gratefulness comes in. And Goggins kept speaking of that. He's so grateful because he went through so much shit. I mean, he has gone through more than any of us can even fathom when it comes to his mom getting her ass kicked, him getting his ass kicked. His dad was a pimp. You know, they ran that. What was it like the 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 roller rink or whatever, his dad was like a pimp and selling oh, drugs right. and selling girls. He was a fucking piece of shit. His dad was a piece of shit. Yeah. And, he, you know, he used to be a fat kid and he used to get made fun of. You know, he was in this all-white school, member. He was in, like, Missouri or some all-white, like, out in the middle of nowhere, and he's this fat black kid. He's, like, the only black kid in his high school. I mean, how horrible would that be? You know, how, how discriminated was he against? You know, it, I mean... He, he has overcome all that, and so I think that's where his mentality comes in is he's not talking shit to people because he's been through that, and he knows how bad that feels, and he knows how fucked up that is. He still deals with those demons every day, it sounded like. you know, he, As much as we think he's like a god and he's insane, the things he does, he's still dealing with, you know, he talked about taking a half hour to fucking lace up his shoes because he didn't want to run that day or whatever. He's still dealing with that shit. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, Rogan's talked about it with him and Cam Haynes. And, you know, when D- David talks about hanging out with Cam Haynes and all they try and do is break each other, Rogan has mentioned <laughs> right. it plenty of times. He's like, listen, these guys have demons and this is why they yeah. could do this. Like, you can't, I, I don't even know if you had just the fullest life of love if you could get the kind of motivation to push yourself that hard. I mean, running a marathon is one thing, right? That's, that's a pretty incredible achievement for almost anyone to do, but to think of running a hundred plus miles, 200 plus, I mean, I can't even fathom it. I'm, I'm amazed that anyone could stay alive. I understand. How can you, I don't understand how, Oh, yeah. And they're in their 40s. They're not young. Or running six-minute miles for 20 miles. Him and him and Cameron were doing that. Nuts. That's unreal. Six-minute miles. I 
I've, I don't think I've ran a six minute mile since high school. I think I ran like a 540 and I threw up at the end of it, you know, because we were all push, pushing ourselves at 17 years old, you know, that's before we started smoking ciggies and doing all the other dumb shit we do. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine doing that for 20 plus miles. I mean, it's, it's, he's the, what, 0.1% of athletes and, and endurance athletes out there in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fucking Jamaican bobsled team's got nothing on Goggins, dude. <laughs> hey, they're real athletes, too, Todd. Give them a chance. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's definitely superhuman, for sure. But and imagine... It's definitely more mental, right? It's more mental than physical, almost. I mean, he's obviously in amazing physical shape, other than his yeah. knee being, like, looking like a balloon. But it's it's got to be just as much mental. It's, I mean, it's... It's definitely primarily that, but also I just cannot believe, I mean, physically there are limits, right? I mean, you know, if you look at a bone like a twig and you're bending the twig and you just want to believe that it will never snap and you keep bending it, it doesn't matter how much you believe it won't snap. There are physical limitations. So I don't really know how the mind can push a body that far. I mean, that's that's almost, it basically is 10 marathons in a row. That just seems absurd. Yeah, it's, I don't understand it either. God bless him. It, yes, dude, it's so crazy. Yeah, well, but I mean, I, let's, yeah, not, I, let's not forget. I mean, pe- I think people sometimes are like, well, yeah, those guys can do the Moab. 240 and the ultra marathon i'm just like hold on a second i don't think you understand what you're saying when you're saying a human being can do this i'm pretty sure like 10 years ago we didn't even know a human could get close to this let alone somebody in his 40s let alone somebody that shows up to the doctor and the doctor tells him i don't even know how you can walk on these knees and he just has him drained and a week later goes and runs that far. Yeah, dude. Did you see that photo of his, like, when the doctor pushed his handprint? It looked like one of those fucking rubber balls that you squeeze and, like, your handprint gets indented into it. Dude, it was it was horrific. <laughs> it didn't even look like a knee. It looked fake. No, that was just one of the grossest things. I, I, I think I would just throw up. You see all the juice that they pulled out of his no, knees? It was gnarly, dude. That's yeah, too much. Gnarly. Uh, That's too much. What do you think about the? Um, I, I really, I really liked when Goggins was saying it's not, um, it's not failure; it's attempts. So not not trying is a failure, is what he's talking about. He's yeah. saying that every time you try and fail, he doesn't like to call that a failure. It's just an it, it's an attempt. Yeah, well, and that I had never heard. I had never heard that. I don't remember him talking about that in his book. Maybe I missed it, or I, it's been too long since I've read it. But I just love that mentality, and it makes sense because you know you got to try and try and try again before you get anywhere. I mean, you can yeah. be a dead horse if you're trying. If you're trying the same thing and it's not working, you should probably try something different. But if you're going to keep trying and you fuck up, it, I like that that mentality of those being attempts and not failures that that was huge well i think i think a lot of what he kind of discussed here is like the new book right and Mm -hmm. there's 
there's a tendency when you write a book, uh, I would assume, like Goggins has, it's like you spill your whole heart into it. You give it your all. And in a way, when it's a motivational message, you give the whole message. But it sounds like, according to what Joe read and how moved he was, and also a little bit kind of shocked he was reading the new book, that this is a yeah. different book with a different, you know, ultimately the same message, but done in maybe in a, a different light and slightly different clarity. I haven't read it, but he certainly sounded different. And, and that also goes to why it's so impressive in some ways, I think, that he hasn't done the podcast, you know, a circuit. I mean, the last one he was on was Rogan, and people love hearing from Goggins. I guess he just doesn't give yeah. a fuck to go on and do this shit. He doesn't care. No, he doesn't seem to care. He, he's got his own shit to deal with. But, yeah, I mean, it, as far as I could tell, it's, it's – well, here, here it is right here. I just looked it up. It's called Never Finished, Unshackle Your Mind, and Win the War Within. So sounds to me like it's all about – well, it says right here, Goggins takes you inside his mental lab where he developed the philosophy, psychology, and strategies that enabled him to learn that what he thought was his limit was only his beginning and that and that the quest for greatness is unending. Damn. So again, I think it comes down to that thing of like every day is a struggle for him no matter how amazing his feats are and we see them to be, he's still struggling every day. Yeah, to to do what he's what he does. Well, I mean, look, he's wealthy now, very wealthy, and he could literally just go on a motivational speaking tour and stop running mm -hmm. and maybe save his body. But what he talked about early on was that somebody would reach out to him and say, "Hey, you literally kept me alive," or maybe he missed an email and that person ended up killing himself. That's why. Oh, yeah, that was that, that was, was that was a rough one. You know, but I mean, he's one guy. It's tough for him to, unless he has a team of people getting back to emails. You know, that's that's a lot too. Um, yeah, you can't blame can't blame yourself for that. But it's still. But rough. it gets him running, and he's like, you know what? If I get one person up that didn't want to do it, then I'm just going to keep doing it. I don't know what his end game is. I guess he doesn't give a fuck about his body. He's just going to run that shit into the ground. But I mean. When I say he doesn't give a fuck, it's not like he's eating McDonald's all the time and not training and getting fat. I just mean he hammers it, and we're going to find out how far yeah. that thing goes. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, they didn't really talk about any supplements or anything that he's taking. I wish they would have. I wish they would have talked about like what his. Maybe they talked about this in the past, but they didn't talk about it this episode of like what he's eating, how he's how he's keeping that. Um, you know, the pain aside, I mean, obviously his knees are completely fucked. Um, I think they talked a little bit about ice baths and stuff, but they didn't go into his kind of routine. I mean, he runs every single day, right? Yeah. It sounds like we need to get Goggins into some ice bath stuff. Hopefully Joe buys him one or hooks him up with one. Cause it's, yeah, this guy needs to be soaking and in the sauna. Soaking baby. Yeah. He needs to be soaking in Utah, and then he needs to have his buddies jump on the bed with him because that's a new thing that they're doing down there. 
What? I, I just heard. <laughs> I just heard about that. Sorry, off topic. <laughs> off, topic. off topic. I'll settle down. You settle Soak down, it, dude. All right, let's jump um, over to the bee lady. Um, obviously okay. we got parks. Let's save our parks, but um, I feel like bee lady was that was Erica Thompson, and I've been following her for some time on Instagram. I can't remember why. I how or how I found it or why I even cared about checking it out, but it just seemed interesting. It's like cute little videos, bees. She's massively yeah. popular on TikTok. I mean, what did he say? Like 130 million views for like some videos. Yeah, the the one that they were showing towards the beginning, where where she opened up that shed, it looked like it was a little. It, it was a small shed. It was like a probably a. 300 square foot shed if that you know it looked like a little backyard shed so probably even smaller like 150 square feet or something and they remember they he, she ripped open that siding i think that was the video that got all the views but the, she ripped open that one piece of siding and the entire thing was from top to bottom just covered in hives mm-hmm. i mean not excuse me not hives uh not hives it's called a it's not called a hive is it um honeycomb or is it a honeycomb Hives are, I think hives are for wasps. That's different. Um, no, they say right? beehive. It's a beehive. Oh, they are calling it a beehive. Okay. Well, so the honeycomb is different than a hive, though, because it's like straight up and down. I guess it depends on where it is, right? Because you can, you've seen hives before where they're like circles, right? And they like hang out under the eaves in your, in your attic or whatever. But then when they're in those walls, it's crazy. Cause it's like just a wall of hives. Yeah. Right? It's like straight up and down. It's I'm pretty it's sure honeybees, you know, so the ones you see hanging down are, are usually like hornets or other flying creatures. Honeybees yeah, pretty things. much are like in logs and trees and crevices. Cause they gotta, they gotta build all that honey. I don't think they can just hang, yeah. hang a whole deal. Maybe they can. I don't know. But anyway, they seem very yeah. important. And I guess without them, it fucks up all the pollination, which seems like a problem. Though, saying that, they, she did say that honeybees were not in the U.S. for all that long. So, and she said that other creatures, like other insects and things, would do pollinating. So... So is yeah. it is it the bees are that important, or are they just part of the importance of pollinating things? Well, it says one in three foods that we eat have been pollinated by a bee, so I would say that they're probably the most important pollinators. But I don't I don't know. I mean, it sounds pretty crucial for our survival to have these things flying around. Yeah, and. Th- how they use smells. What was it? Pheromones to communicate. How many words, well, not words, but like how many different things can they communicate just with a smell? Like how many different smells can an animal make? I don't know. It's crazy. Can't, I mean, can't it, what, be many. What's crazy to me is, well, they only need to really know one smell, and that's the smell that the that the queen is is emitting. And then as soon as they have that, then they know where to go. They know who their people are because everybody smells the same, right? It's like dogs sniffing each other's ass. <laughs> no, no, are, no, no, flying around sniffing each other's ass. But Todd, I think they send messages for like someone's attacking. You've got to go this way. All the pollens to the west. I think they have a bunch of different messages. 
that they send. Yeah, I mean, they obviously they have to know more than one smell, I guess. But yeah, that would that would make sense. I mean, the 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 most important one though is the queen, right? Because they're doing everything for her. Without the queen, the colony's dead. Oh well, or they just. Um, I think they can just like exist without one for a while. I don't know if they get another they one. Mate, mate with another one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were saying those drones, right? The males. What was it? The males just can so they no, don't do crazy. shit. No, it was crazy. And they just fly off and just try and have the sex males, all day. The males fly. The drone males, it's only 5% of the colony, if that. The 95% of the colony are female honeybees, and they have the stinger, so they protect the hive, and they create the honey. While the male bees were flying like 100 feet, it said within 100 feet, but they go up, they go straight up. So we never see this happening because they're 100 feet in the fucking air. These male drone bees are just flying around waiting for another queen to fly by apparently is what I from what I could tell from what she, from what Erica was talking about yeah, like these, that, these male I, drone bees don't really have any other purpose they don't have stingers they die within 6 months and they die when they fuck a queen so when they when they when they when they mate with a queen they they die, they die anyway hmm man they must is, really want which that is very Bad. strange very strange. Well, it's right? a lot. Like it seems like a lot of insects kind of do that type of stuff. Anyway, it's like they just got one purpose, and that's it. Pretty crazy, man, dude. The super organism, dude. I never thought of a bee colony as a super organism, but it makes sense. I mean, the queen is it, it. Dude, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of a fucking that movie where the dude that that true story. Well, claims to be true. I I believe it. That fucking guy was it Travis Parker? He's I feel like he's been on Rogan before. The guy that got abducted by aliens in Oregon in the eighties. Oh yeah, yeah, he's been fire, on Rogan. Fire in the fire in the sky, mm-hmm. fire in the sky guy. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of that of this super organism of aliens like breeding. And remember, he wakes up in that pod. It, that was a cool movie, dude. That I, was like pretty. That was ahead of its time when that movie came out. There was some crazy special effects. Remember when he gets taken into the into the spaceship and he fucking ends up in this pod of like waxy shit. And he's got all these aliens like hovering over him and sticking needles in him and shit. Remember that? I haven't even seen that movie. I've heard him talk on the pod though. Is it good? That's a great movie, but I mean, what's the, but listening to him talk though, I mean what he was gone for like two weeks. Remember everyone was like, his brothers were freaking out and they oh, yeah. found him in like a phone booth. Like two weeks later, he was in a phone booth on the side of the road with like no clothes on. It's a crazy story. Well, but think about it this way, right? To your point. And it would take away a lot of our personal freedoms. But imagine if we became a super organism, which who knows? Maybe that's what like all this government oversight and credit score shit is trying to do. It's just trying to make us all so <laughs> compliant. That we become like ants or bees or but to be fair, you give that a couple of generations, people would forget what these freedoms were. We'd be way more efficient as a oh, like a scary. super organism only works for the organism. So individual joys, freedoms would disappear. But my God, we'd be traveling the solar system in no time. I'm not saying it's good. Yeah, but it I mean, might be. Ha- it, yeah, you know, it's 
it's along that line, right? Definitely, definitely scary to think about. But I mean, you look at the hands, Handmaid's Tale, shit like that, where they're like controlling the women, and uh, it's it's freaky yeah. to think about. I mean, that's a little bit of a different story, but it's definitely has a lot to do with control and them not knowing what we used to have. Right? As soon as all of our freedoms go away, we don't know what we've lost. Oh, yeah, but for like bees, to come. bees never had that. So to them, it's just like they're just doing a great job. Making honey, them, being awesome. Just, they just want to have sex one time, and then 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 they're, then they're dead. Yeah, and also how they kill those hornets is nuts. Just cooking them. Oh, good. I hate hornets. Fuck hornets, <laughs> dude. I'm allergic. I'm allergic to those things, dude. You remember that like show him. Elf? A- remember that show Elf? Did you ever watch that in the '80s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early '90s. He ate cats. Did he eat cats? Yeah, yeah, no. he loved it. He was an alien, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was from another planet. He had that. He looked like an ant eater. He had that weird nose. Yeah, yeah. He ate. He liked cats. He wanted to eat cats all the time. All right. Well, this might be too much info, dude. But when I got stung by a bee, I got stung within an ear. You could talk to Jake about it. My brother-in-law. You know Jake well, right? Fucking, I got stung in the ear by a hornet. And within five minutes, I had hives all over my body. I was itching like I've never itched before. Like, I've had poison ivy before. This was, like, ten times worse on the itch factor. And I was, like, clawing at myself. I I had to go home because I was – I literally was blowing up like a fucking balloon. And I took all my clothes off and got into an ice bath. My dick looked like Alf's nose. I mean, it had like 25 <laughs> crinkles in it. It was like an inch big. I was so scared. It was freaky, dude. And I sat in a nice bath and took a bunch of Benadryl, and it finally calmed down. But that was scary, dude. Like, wow, I should probably get an EpiPen. But anyway, too much info. But watch out for those hornets. Bees are way cooler. Yeah. My God, dude. Are you allergic to bees as well? No, no, just hornets, man. Those yellow jackets. No, I'm, I'm huh. cool with bees. Bees are cool. Damn. Um, should have rubbed. I've never some, had an issue uh, with bees. Should have rubbed some royal jelly all over yourself. See if that helped. I don't know, man. The the Benadryl helped, but um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it's not. It wasn't good. That sounds awful. But what did what did you think? How how cool was that to see when she pulled that honeycomb out of that wall? And there's all those different colors. Like she was saying she could tell the age of it when it was dark brown because of the color of the of the hive or the, the honeycomb. Mm-hmm. So the darker color meant it was older. I, I can't remember if she told us the, how old, but seeing the the different colors of pollen, I had never seen anything like that before. Like there was new pollen, there was older pollen. It was just, it was fucking beautiful. Well, it's, it a, like it's a very strange like, creature if you think about it because... When you think of getting sugar from nature, it's usually from fruits, right? And then most other carbohydrates, really all of them are from other vegetation that's, in a sense, carbohydrate is still sugar, but it's just in a different um, kind of genetic makeup. So it'd be slow release, like a potato is not really sugar, but it's full of carbohydrates. So it's like slow release. Yet... Yeah, Honey is yeah. is fast a release. I mean, think about it. Even maple syrup is from trees. Yet this mm-hmm. little bug makes really like the sweetest, sugariest thing. I mean, it's it just seems so different than anything else. Doesn't really make any sense. It's so good. 
Yeah. It's so good. I mean, I'm, I'm, I will say, I know you're a coffee guy, even being from England. You probably grew up drinking tea, right? Love it. Tea. I love tea. I'm a tea guy. I mean, my last name is Heath. That's English. Maybe that's why. It mm-hmm. must be from my ancestors, but <laughs> tea, dude, fucking, dude, like an Earl Grey with some with some honey and a little bit of cream or milk. I mean, to me, that tastes a million times better than coffee. Honestly, the only reason I drink coffee is because my wife makes it every morning. It's easy. It's there. I, I think I'm just lazy. Dude, but if I, like tea was put- readily available, I would drink tea every fucking day. I put honey in my coffee. I don't know if anyone else does that, but I saw yeah. that once no, on I'll a do show. That too. It's good. Honey's, yeah, that must be an English thing too. Honey's fucking delicious, dude. I mean, does it, I mean everybody drinks honey with their tea in England, right? Or most people, or no? No, we just put sugar no. in there. People, just sugar. yeah, okay. just well, if if you want sugar, not everyone does, but. But, you know, we, there's a lot of honey what consumption I, in England, though. They usually just spread it on toast. Right. Yeah, well, you put beans on toast, too. That's weird. <laughs> I had that yesterday. It was great. <laughs> you shut your mouth. But, dude, okay, so almonds. Let's let's get back to the, the pollination, because was, it was fascinating to hear about the almonds being entirely dependent on bees. I mm-hmm. fucking love almonds. I had no idea. And then... Them, you know, they're shipping them across the country just to pollinate this one plant, right? The olive tree. And then, you know, the bees, it, it's like not enough food for them. So then they're feeding them basically sugar water. Yep. And or what what did she say? The some sort of soy product, like artificial soy powder. That can't be good for the bees. And you know that there's no studies to see what that's actually doing to the bees, but can't be good. I mean, she she equated it to like the bees eating McDonald's every day, right? Yeah, it's gonna um, fatten them up. It just seems weird. It's, it's we're playing with we're playing with nature here. We're we're trying to be, you know, we're trying to fix a problem to get more food, and it seems like it might turn around and kick us in the in the stinger. Well, maybe. I mean, obviously, if we run out of bees, but it's pretty cool, and a lot of people don't know about that that they take these beehives all over at different times to, you know, basically pollinate all these different plantations and grow areas. You know, they take it to, I guess, I don't know where they, like, to nuts, obviously. They take it to apple places. Well, like, they take it all over, yeah. like, the same bees. And they can't do it without them. Like, what an yeah, interesting crazy. whole system that is. Let's, it would seems to it would work. It seems like it would work really well as long as they're not spraying a bunch of pesticides onto the plants that we're growing, right? That that seems to be the issue because isn't there like a? I mean, obviously they're they're endangered, so I don't know how you fix that until we quit spraying pesticides over everything. I don't know how you how you fix the the problem of extinct bees, right? Because if we're going to continue spraying stuff. The bees are going to continue to die. So yeah, yeah, but it wasn't like she a, also like saying, even though there's been a big decline since, I think, the late 80s, she was saying that the populations are getting pretty stable now. Like beekeepers, are, even though there's a lot of loss, the beekeepers are able to create a lot more hives. So we're kind of balancing right. that out, which I guess to me seemed hopeful. Because all the only yeah, narrative no, I've did. heard is that they're all dying. 
No, it seemed it definitely seemed hopeful. It, it was it seemed more hopeful, and it, I think it I think it's because we know the problem and we know how to implement changes in order to not fuck it up more, right? Like we're realizing. I think you know society human humans are really good at fucking something up to the point where it's almost totally extinct or totally fucked, and then we change, right? It's like we have to know that we're totally fucked before we make a change. <laughs> yeah, we need a kick in the ass a little bit. But as soon as we know that, you know, okay, this is a problem, then yeah, I think I think we can fix it. And I think it, it did sound hopeful that she was saying that, that things are stabilizing. Yeah. I think so. so well, hopefully cool. so. so f- and she's doing great work. So and good job. With those massive um, TikTok numbers. And hopefully she listens to Joe and doesn't get a producer and start making some dumb reality show. But as long as the message is getting out there, I mean, that's, that's really the good things of social media is when good messages that yeah. are useful for people to be educated and and you know kind of get a bit of publicity behind something that ordinarily wouldn't have a lot of press behind it so fair play to her i love it that's what i love about rogan baby he's bringing in some randos from the side because he's interested in bees and i think it's great yeah god bless him so more power to the beekeepers thank you erica thompson mm-hmm all right, let's finish up with Protect Our Parks 6, these freaking lunatics. Of course they did mushrooms. Dude, I mean, awesome. Yeah. And also hard to follow. Probably should have ate some hallucinogens before listening to four hours and 40 minutes of this, of this uh, somewhat <laughs> super funny, but also like, what the fuck? Oh, I you know. guys are high as fuck. Well, I mean... <laughs> Shane Gillis said the most important thing <laughs> about the Protect Our Parks podcast. It's like, if you get to about 25 minutes in, which is about when he said it, and then he was like, if yep. you just fast forward two hours, things change rapidly. And I went ahead and did it because obviously goods. I'm listening to him. So I just skipped ahead two hours. The whole vibe is different. They are off the uh. wall. And of course, I went back to yeah. the 25 minutes and just listened to it through. But I just wanted to get a feel for like how it changed. And yeah. these guys are pushing the limits every time they come on there. I think they want to see how far they can go before people are like, all right, this show is off the rails. Well, I think for me, I think they they started that they started they really started to feel the mushrooms as soon as that Julius Caesar comment came in <laughs> about the Caesar salad and then it was like like fucking Norman was was talking about the Caesar salad or he he Norman's so fucking good Mark is so good at throwing out those one liners out of the blue like throughout the entire 4 hours he's just such mm. a classic like in the background thrown out random shit yeah jack reacher um, and dude just so funny and i feel like that to me was was the tipping point of them just feeling the shrooms and then it just got <laughs> crazy from then on and it was it was hilarious um yeah but i mean the dude how about the speaking of speaking of norman though the, the fucking notes that he had it looked like an encyclopedia britannica dude of his random notes that had been in his jean pocket in the his back jean pocket for 
looked like years of just random notes folded up, like looked like it'd been through a rainstorm, a fucking hurricane. He's like, Joe, don't touch my notes. Give them back to me. Yeah. <laughs> so funny, it, dude. <laughs> it, it kind of is like the rantings of a crazy person, right? If, oh, if he wasn't Psycho, a stand-up comedian it. and just did something else for a living, but it also carried those around with him, you, you'd, <laughs> you'd just assume that he was nuts. Oh God, that was funny. Yeah, or that. What was I had? I have some good notes on this one, dude. The Dice Clay in the Streets of New York. I have not seen those, but I need to watch them. Oh, you got to follow Dice on Instagram. He's brilliant. oh my God, dude. I I mean, dude, they're they're of honestly they're so that. awkward. I've watched so many of them, and it really <laughs> he's just like randomly walked up to someone. And he's like, "Hey, you want a picture?" Like I I assume you want a picture, and they're like, "I don't even know who who are what." What is this? And he's like, "How do people not know that that's Dice? I would know instantly that's a, that's Andrew Dice Clay. He's got to get. I, does he ever show ones where he's like, where people know who he is and they fucking give him a hug or give him shit, or does he only show people who have no fucking clue what's going on? I don't know. I mean, you know, from what I've heard of Dice, he likes to troll and be ridiculous so much that he probably only shows the ones that don't recognize yeah. him." And I'm sure a lot of yeah, people totally, do. totally. Right. They would have to. Yeah. Right? He's in New York. Of course. It's got to be yeah. that. But it's well. so funny. Either that or he just finds people that he likes and then just has them kind of pretend that they, you know, just pretend you don't know who I am and I'll ask you some questions. And maybe that's fun too. But just the fact that he does it, like, it's almost like he's playing this, like, washed up character, which obviously he used to sell out Madison Square Garden. And it's not, I'm not saying that, you know, Dice isn't a legend today, but like, he couldn't sell that today. No. So he's kind no of playing I mean, like, yeah. th this, you know, character a little bit and the fact that he has fun with it is just legendary it's so legendary yeah. dude it's good it's good to see i i didn't know he was doing that i was stoked to see yeah i was stoked to see him in the streets of new york just being a fucking lunatic um and then yeah i mean speaking of lunatics dude that kinnison bit oh my on god Letterman, nuts unreal so good i had though. never seen that one had you seen that one before uh, no I've seen lots Dude. of his stand-up, so I know his style, but wow, yeah. does he come out with some energy. No wonder he did so much cocaine. I mean, dude, he was up in the crowd. He's fucking, he's doing, he's asking people questions. I mean, that to me, that was all new in the 80s, wasn't it? Or at least that was for smaller clubs. It wasn't for Letterman. I don't know. I mean, look, man, when 50% of your act is screaming like you're dying and somehow it's hilarious, I... That's that's something magical in its own right. But yeah, lunatic. Well, that bit, that bit about what what did he say? It was like I was married. What did he say? I was married for two years. I was so bored. I started worrying about my lawn. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Do you know? I'm pretty. Like there's a fucking weed in my lawn. I'm pretty gotta sure. Get gotta get he, the weed. He told the uh, Joe told the story um, that he had heard about the comedy store where. <laughs> where he, Sam Kennison had shot at Dice Clay and there was a bullet hole oh, wow. in the wall of the comedy store. It's, I don't think he like oh, meant wow. to kill him. It wasn't like that. It was just like probably too Still. 
crazy coked up people having an argument and then that one mm. happened but yeah what a wild time in comedy it, well he's clearly off his rocker i mean right i mean he 100%. i don't know he he used he was a preacher before he was a comedian or was it after no it was before he was a preacher before yeah, yeah. or he's from like a line of preachers or maybe his dad was or <laughs> yeah it was something like that i mean he totally has that style you can tell right away as soon as he's talking that there's like that element yeah. of his energy i mean i mean it it kind of reminds me of that HBO special that just came out what not too long ago the the righteous jewels is that what it was that you know which one I'm talking about with fucking with uh oh what's that guy's name who played Kenny Powers I can't think of his real name the the he's hilarious dude he played Kenny Powers on the on the special the Eastbound and Down oh what yeah 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 what the fuck is his name Hold on, I'll I'll find it. But dude, it, it, that's what it reminds me of because the righteous ge- it's the righteous gemstones. Um. Anyway, oh Danny McBride, but, um, dude. Yeah, dude. Why isn't Danny in in the in on Joe Rogan? I mean, he is hilarious. He doesn't do stand up though, does he? No, I don't he think should. so. He should. I bet he could do a God, good job funny, with it. Dude. For he sure, he could so do a good job with it. Fucking that guy is hilarious. Yeah, he's brilliant. Look, you got to be um, wacky like that. And these these people that are on the edge, I mean, yeah, they make great comedy. Maybe they don't make it for long, but they, you know, they burn bright and then they're, they're wrecked. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, actually, well, look, they talked about a hangover cure. I think it was Mark that did it. And he was talking about how Adderall is a good hangover cure. Does that work? I know you take uh, Adderall. Well, I used to take Adderall. It made me angry, so I'm on the I'm on the Ritalin now, which isn't as I don't think it's as strong. Oh, uh, well, it's a different. It's a different one. Is a methylphetamine, and the other one is an amphetamine. So the amphetamine is Adderall. That's where the, I think where the A comes from. All right. Uh, and that I I didn't do well with Adderall. It felt messy. Um, I mean, t- it felt. It felt a little just, yeah, I don't know if methy is the right word. I've never done meth, but so I don't really know. But I would say it made me angry. It made me um, quick to react to things. Like I didn't, and really the point of it is because, you know, I have ADHD. So the point of taking a drug like that is so I don't react in that sort of way. And I, and I take time to actually think about my surroundings and my and what kind of room I'm I'm in before I before I fucking talk too much. Um so Adderall didn't didn't work for me very well. Um I could see how it would help with a hangover for somebody who doesn't take it on a normal basis, like on an everyday basis. Now I take Ritalin almost every day unless I forget. And so it wouldn't really help me with my with my hangover, but somebody who doesn't take it, I think it would. I absolutely think it would because it, it it fucking spikes your dopamine, it spikes your serotonin, and it makes you alert. Oh, so it kicks you out of it'd it. It'd be like that makes sense. taking a bunch of caffeine, but like, you know, times 10 because it's way better than caffeine. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, that would absolutely that would absolutely work, I, I would think. Yeah, it makes sense that it would. Uh, you know, as long as you're drinking water and I mean, it makes you sweat like a fiend for whatever reason, <laughs> dude, if I take Adderall, I'm like, my pits are fucking soaked within a matter of like minutes. Well, it's you're, me- you're messed up, bro. That's what it is. 
Yeah. I mean, it must it's, be the math. It's just fancy doctor math at the end of the day. The coked up bear. That's coked up coked bear up. killing everybody. It's a great movie. I'm going to be watching that. <laughs> I recommend everyone watch it. What'd you think about that weird ass Matt Damon crypto commercial, dude? That was creepy as shit. Dude, yeah. They, well, they looked at a lot of crypto stuff. You know, I wasn't going to discuss it because I'm so sick of it. I, it's just like they got that creepy guy creepy. on that's like, you know, lost everyone's money who looks just like a huge nerd and probably should be in jail, but they probably can't figure out how to get him in jail yet. And. Yeah, but he's on his way, and he's like apologizing and trying to say to get people's money back. That's not going to happen. And then, yeah, just probably everyone else that did those crypto commercials is really just took a paycheck and fucked everyone. But how, how were they supposed to know? Like, how the fuck was Matt they Damon supposed to know? You know what I mean? It was like crypto well, been Damon- going well for a while. People are making money. He's probably like, yeah, I'll take. Two million dollars to talk about some sort of crypto, and well, the Damon one's different though, right? Because that's actually for Crypto.com. The FTX thing is a separate. Brand. Well, yeah, it's but I'm sure people across the board with crypto have lost a lot of money. So oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I I got into the Doge. I got into the Doge. Oh, right? look at you, the Doge Doge coin. I think my father-in-law made like twenty grand on Doge coin with like. With like a few hundred bucks, kind of crazy. I think, or like a couple thousand bucks, he made twenty. Damn. But then, of course, he never cashed out. So, what does that do? Well, for then he lost it all. It's just gambling. Um, it's just gambling. It's just gambling. I don't recommend it. Do do your own thing, though, folks. Like whatever you're into. What do you think about when uh, Shane <laughs> said it was trying to give Joe a hard time about wearing fanny packs? And he was just like, I, "Why do you dude, wear?" Them? A- he goes, "Well, to put my keys in." And he's like, well, what about your front pocket? And he goes, well, that's where I keep my weed and all my fear factor money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fear factor. <laughs> what that was a, a line, good one. dude. What a line. That was a good one. Yeah. I know. He hasn't used, I haven't heard him use that one no, before. That was, that was brilliant, good. dude. That was, the, if you watch I it. I feel like the shrooms. I'm telling you, folks. The shrooms brought that. Yeah, shrooms brought it. But it, I'm telling you, folks, if you like good comedy timing, Go back and watch that bit, and I wish I'd wrote down the exact time where he said it, but the way Rogan's expression changes, he goes from just like chuckling <laughs> along to being really serious, and he lands that punchline, and it is tight, my friends. I enjoyed that oh, a buddy. lot. I tell you what, there's something about being on shrooms and telling a good joke. I, I know you and I have done this before when we were camping. Oh, yeah. And I told you that story, that tennis story that I had about my dad never coming to watch me play tennis. Oh, dude, you are and one I of the funniest people I've ever heard speak on shrooms. You are ridiculous. that punchline, dude. <laughs> something about timing and mushrooms. It's like it's like it's almost like your brain is trying to catch up, or your your mouth is trying to catch up with your brain, so you don't even really realize you're waiting for a punchline, but it, it just tends to work. I think you can just get in and, that like real comedy frequency sometimes, where it's just flowing <laughs> through you, and you know, and not to mention your audience is also shrooming too, and if you catch them in like the hilarity portion of mm. the event. I mean, you're just going to be able to take them on a journey pretty, pretty well. Oh, dude. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. All I got to say, I got to, I do have to say one thing as a, as a, um, 
Just as a shout out to uh, the Pringles brand and the Pringles, <laughs> they're not a sponsor, but I'm thinking about that time when we were, the, the, the specific time when we were camping and we ate quite a bit of mushrooms and we had those Pringles fucking sour cream and is it sour cream and onion or what is it? It's like that. It's those orange Pringles. What mm-hmm. the fuck is the, is the orange ones? It's yeah. like sour cream and cheese or whatever. Those things on mushrooms, I mean, I think I we ate an entire bag in a matter of minutes. <laughs> well, if it's Pringles, it wouldn't be a bag, would it? It's like a can. No, it wasn't. It, no, 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 it wasn't Pringles. It was the ruffles. It was those ruffles, those like orange ruffles. Anyway, <laughs> super random fact, but wow, those things. I don't know what they put in those, but. Well, whew. it helped that we didn't have any other food. So. All day. We were eating anything that we had. And yeah, junk food is the way to go. All right. You're not eating a salad while you're shrooming. Believe me, you've already had no part of a salad by eating some mushrooms. No. You want a juicy burger with lots of cheese and condiments. No doubt. No doubt. Um, well, guys. Like at the end of the night. This is our um, first of, I think, four international pods. So hopefully the sound isn't too garbage and... We're going to keep working on how to make this a bit more streamlined. You Maybe you can't even tell how much of a pain in the dick this was to set up today, but it was a nightmare. Um, but yeah, this is what happens when you do podcasts when people are 5,000 miles away from each other. So, But thank you, yeah, as well, always, also, for tuning in. We appreciate you. Um, thank you, Todd. And we'll speak to you nerds next week. Yeah, great to be here, buddy. See you next week. Later. Later.